The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll never has to with BetQL. Use promo code MARCH30 for 30% off the entire year of BetQL. That's BetQL promo code MARCH30. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season-long MOB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. Also brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise Capper Contest at PicksWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, and Jeff Nadeau, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-takes-all $10,000 prize over at PicksWise.com. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge operates like a stock exchange for the sports world. Pick the teams you like and have someone else buy the other side. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge.com, promo code SGP. What up, DGENs and NBA fans? Dan Titus here, a.k.a. T-Money, with the NBA Gambling Podcast, bringing you a special edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast today. We're going to give you a rapid reaction of the NBA trade deadline. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Zach ZB, a.k.a. Swiss Bank Broner, as well as Manaf Money Machine Manji. What's up, fellas? What were your thoughts on today's trade deadline? What's up, Dan? It's good good to finally record with you. Glad we could bring this to the people. Very nice background. Cool Eagles football behind you. So good to record together finally. Um, yeah, trade deadline today was interesting. I think everyone was kind of waiting for that Kyle Lowry foot to drop, and it never did. And that, that kind of took some steam out of the ultimate deadline. Like, I think everyone was waiting for that at 3 o'clock, and then it never ended up coming through. Obviously, we got a surprising Vucevic deal. So a lot to break down. Moon up. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked, I mean, me and Dan talked about this yesterday. Um, we were talking about where Kyle Lowry was going to end up and a couple of other guys that we thought that were going to get traded. But um, yeah, I, I think the Vucevic one was really surprising to me. And um, yeah, I think that was the one. And then Aaron Gordon to Denver was really uh, a really a key trade that they, I think the Denver Nuggets that, they needed a make, right? We talked about two teams that needed to kind of make a move for the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets to kind of compete in the Western Conference. So I think those two teams made moves to, you know, get better. Um, but we can, you know, dive into that uh, a little deeper here once we get going. Yeah, I think I share your similar sentiments, both of y'all, that, uh, I mean, I was refreshing Twitter like shit, you know, all day just waiting for it. Yeah. And uh, waiting for Lowry to, to come to the Sixers, but – you know, once I saw them get George Hill, I was like, well, well there goes that. Um, and that's just the homer in me talking. But uh, I think I was most surprised by the last minute 
you know, Depot getting traded to the Heat, man. Like, I, we'll talk about that one. Uh, I got a lot to say about that, but uh, likewise. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, we're going to, so we're going to go over uh, pretty much most of the trades that went through. We won't bore you with the minutia of some of the lower hanging fruit that, you know, really won't impact too much of the, the betting markets or the outlooks going forward. But just to kind of give a quick highlight, we'll go over the magic and their rapid sell off of a lot of their cornerstone pieces and major players. How did the heat end up with Oladipo, you know, Lowry stay, staying in, in Toronto as well as how AG managed to work his way to Denver, you know, executing his trade demands as well as Norman Powell ended up in Portland. And finally, you know, we'll discuss some markets, some market impacts to some of these trades. So we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor and then we'll get to it. College Hoops is back and WinBet is live, bringing you the action of real sports betting and online casino play, all produced by Win Las Vegas. Get in on all your favorite teams, Cinderella stories, and tournament upsets. Don't miss out on the madness. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Looking to get an edge and make smarter bets during March Madness? BetQL's algorithms scan thousands of data points across every game to find the best bets. Easily find the most profitable bets based on top betting trends. Your brackets may bust, but your bankroll doesn't have to. Head to BetQL.com to get started today. Head to the Apple or Google Play Store to download BetQL. Use promo code MARCH30 for 30% off BetQL for a year. That's BetQL.com, promo code MARCH30. And remember, bet smarter, not harder. All right, so to start off the show, let's start off with talking about the magic here. Um, much to, to Manoff's point, I was very shocked to see the Bulls come in as surprising suitors for Vucevic. And when we talked about possible destinations last night, I don't think that the Bulls were definitely not the favored uh, team to get Vucevic and uh, really impressive that the way that the Bulls pulled that off. So I think that they were an instant to me, an instant upgrade going into a playoff playoff bout uh, or fighting for a playoff spot. They also made, they also made a move to get Daniel Tice, which I thought was very interesting, but yeah, I think the moral of the story is what is the magic doing? You know, they let Evan Fournier go. He was on an expiring deal. So that wasn't really a surprise to see him going to the Celtics, but then also Aaron Gordon, he was complaining to management about wanting to move and sure enough, he got his wish. So, you know, I mean, from a betting perspective, I'm like, how can you even bet any chance on the magic right now? Like who is even on their squad yeah. <laughs> at this point? So yeah, I want to get your guys immediate thoughts on, you know, the magic's decision to sell, to sell pretty much all their assets. And what do you think it means for them going forward? Yeah. I mean, I, I think with the magic obviously represents a kind of a turning point for their franchise. It feels like it's been a few years in a row that they've been in the bottom of the Eastern conference playoff push. So for them, I mean, they said they want to get a drew holiday type package for Nikola Vucevic. I don't think they were quite there. Obviously you get the two first round picks from the bulls. That should be pretty good. This one, this year, maybe in the low teens and you still get the other pick in 2023, you get Wendell Carter too. And then I like what they did getting R.J. Hampton from the Nuggets. I think R.J. Hampton is a guy that definitely could have a big-time role for the Magic as we go through the rest of this year if you're targeting player props. I mean, someone has to handle the ball for this Magic team. So someone's going to be running pick and roll for them. Cole Anthony's still out. Markel Fultz out. So 
you know, I think RJ Hampton's a guy who could be having double digit points and, you know, over five assists a game here down the rest of the stretch. Um, so, you know, for the magic, I think they want to obviously bottom out, be as bad as possible. They can the rest of this year. They're already, you know, fourth to last place in the NBA. So you could be looking at a top five pick, yep. another decent pick from the Bulls. So I do kind of like this, this, these moves for them seems like they kind of execute at the right time. Um, but yeah, that they're going to be a full fade the rest of the year, obviously, you know, really uncompetitive with, Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, where their two cornerstones are still out for the year. So um, right. definitely a, a, you know, a very modern, like tanky type move, but I do like it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we kind of knew that Magic were going to be in that kind of seller's mode, right? And uh, we knew that Aaron Gordon was going to be gone. Evan Fournier was another guy, but, you know, I think it's 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 a big move when they when they got rid of their kind of their franchise piece and Nikola Vucevic and um, I think that's a big get for Chicago but we'll get that a little bit but as far as Magic I mean yeah they got some pieces back like Zach mentioned um, RJ Hampton is going to be big for them you know they got a couple draft picks um, Wendell Carter Jr. is a guy that can you know hopefully develop some more and kind of anchor that front court now for them and then Otto Porter Jr. I mean you know he has a hefty contract but he's another great shooter for uh, for Orlando so. I think this team will end up probably in a lottery pick, whether it's a top, you know, a, looking like a top five pick and draft coming up. It's it's a really deep draft. So the guys that they'll get back from injury with Cole Anthony, like you mentioned, Jonathan Isaac and some of these other guys and getting a top five pick. So, I mean, who knows? They can package some of these guys together to maybe go out and make a trade for a superstar. But I think for them right now, it's going to have to be to build through the draft and then kind of develop the players that they have on their roster right now. Yeah, I, I think I I totally agree with both of your sentiments. Uh, really, ZB, I think that the really the haul here was was RJ Hampton and what that kid could potentially do for their franchise. You're right. I mean, with this cornerstone pieces out, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, Markel Fultz, and um, Cole Anthony all on the sideline. It's kind of hard to really get a good feel for what that team is going to look like. So they're obviously playing for you know, three years down the line, when you get, when you acquire a pick like a top five protected for 20, I think I'm reading 20, 2025, 2026 and 2027. It seems like their general manager, John Hampton uh, Hammond is, is definitely playing the Sam Presti um, taking from the Sam Presti playbook and just acquiring those future assets to build later. So um, one thing I will note though, that Otto Porter was an interesting plug-in. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him bought out, um, yeah, mainly because I think that he's he's at his stage in his career. He's not. He seems a lot older than he is, but I feel like he's always as hurt. But uh, he's only like 27 years old, and I think he could still provide value for a contender. So I wouldn't be surprised as the Orlando Magic are in tank mode that they eventually offload him. But still, you know, obviously a, a signal for the Magic that they're they're planning for the future nonetheless. And so let's let's switch gears to. Oh, yeah, this is the conversation we need to have. This is going to be an intervention for uh, Manaf here. What, <laughs> what the hell were the Houston Rockets doing? I mean, at this point, I'm just wondering <laughs> if they're just being petty. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't get anything more than that, than Kelly Olenek in a future for Victor Oladipo. I mean, I get it. He's a rental. But, damn, like <laughs> – it's just uh, laughable at this point, man. Like, they're not even trying. Like, but I want to get your guys' take. ZB, what, what do you think about that trade? I'll, I'll let Moon out take this one because he's going to have some – I'm sure some emotions. <laughs> no, no, Zach, I'll, I'll let go, you – I'll let, let it marinate for a second. Yeah, Zach, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think 
I think for the Rockets, right? I mean, I on one hand, I kind of respect that they just moved him anyways because like they literally got nothing for him, you know, like you said, Dan. And obviously taking on Victor Oladipo instead of Karis Lever in that James Harden trade looks like a fatal mistake for the Rockets front office. You know how they prioritized taking back Depot, thinking that they could rehabilitate him. And, you know, now Karis Levert, obviously, you know, he's now back healthy, looking like that young star that he he was promised to be in Brooklyn, and he's going to do that in Indiana. And now Victor Oladipo goes basically to Indiana with zero for zero value. I think for the Rockets, I mean, they kind of have to just suck it up and keep and keep treading along. Like, they still have all this draft compensation. They have a hope of keeping this pick within the top four this year, which would be huge for their franchise, um, to not have to send that to OKC. Um, but, yeah, obviously a tough day for the Rockets, um, just getting kind of bullied by the Heat in that trade. The credit to Pat Riley, the Heat did not blink in their negotiation with Toronto or with Houston. You know, they were not going to give up too much for Lowry, and then they gave up nothing for Depot. So respect to uh, Pat Riley, of course, as always. But, Munaf, what did you think of that? You know, I <laughs> – I, I think this all kind of started when we go back to the James Harden trade, right? You know, they 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 traded Harden to Brooklyn, and there was a the deal where you know they could have gotten Jared Allen and Karis Levert back. In hindsight, right now, it looks like that's the route they sh- they should have take taken, right? But when you trade Oladipo for a bag of potatoes or a Big Mac meal, <laughs> what, what, what do you what do you think? Well, what is the front office of the for the Rockets thinking? I mean, Kelly Olynyk, really? I mean, Kelly Olynyk. That's what you could get from Miami Heat, and, and it wasn't even a first round pick. They got a first round pick, but it was it, it's it's a swap. And what was all the late, report- a late first swap? Yeah, and what was all the reports that we were hearing? that they were getting uh, – they wanted a young talent along with a first-round pick. I mean, who was a young talent that they tried to acquire? It didn't happen for them. So I feel – they just got finessed by the, fight, by the Miami Heat. And, I mean, you know, the Rockets are trying to play this role where, you know, they're trying to do right by the players and and, and send them to destinations on where they want to go. But, but God damn, I mean, hardened trade turned into a whole bunch of – pick swaps, a couple first round <laughs> picks, and a freaking Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley. I don't remember the last time I seen this dude play. I really yeah. don't. I mean, <laughs> and the fan And they're gonna and they're gonna buy out Avery Bradley. He's gonna go to the Lakers too. Yeah, and I'm sure they're gonna be buy out Olynyk, buy out Avery Bradley. I mean Jesus Christ. Like what, the only hope right now as a Rockets fan is that you better hope that you end up with a top four pick in this coming draft. Because yep. if you don't, outside of that top four pick, that pick is going to, I believe, the OKC Thunder. And, I mean, I'm not sure right now, even if they negotiate a buyout with John Wall, not this season, but maybe next season. You know, who knows what happens? I mean, he's due $44 million, and he has a player option for $47 million in year 22, uh, 2022 and 2023. So, it's 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 not a good time to be a Houston sports fan right now, and then we got to deal with the freaking Texans. So I mean, you guys, just everybody listening, and Dan, Zach, just say a prayer for for the Houston <laughs> sports fans, man. It is it has not been fun. It, this is a rough time to be a Houston fan, man. And yeah. so, like in summary, this trade was just looking up because there was like a lot of memes on Twitter about this. The Rockets traded James Harden to get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, Dante Exum. Uh, 
Rodon's Kurutz and yeah. two late first round pick swaps. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. You can't write this shit up. And like you, you said that, you know, Riley uh, definitely finessed him. I mean, I'd probably use the word fleeced as well. Yeah. I was always hated that, you know, anybody that makes a deal with Danny Ainge is like making a deal with the devil. And now it's like Pat Riley's just followed right in suit with him because like, I don't know how the hell he got away with not letting up Tyler hero or Kendrick Nunn or yeah. even Duncan Robinson. Like they maintain their entire core squad exactly. and now they're going to get a buyout probably of LaMarcus Aldridge, which is just absurd, man. Um, you, I'm baffled. You take a look at the hall that, the Pelicans got for Anthony Davis. I mean, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, they got picks. And the Rock the Rockets, I can't <laughs> help but laugh. Like it's 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 really embarrassing. I mean, uh, you know, I'm just right now the only saving grace for the Rockets is hopefully getting a top four pick in this draft coming up. But other than that, I mean, this is yeah. it's gonna be some tough times for the Rockets for the next couple of years. And, um, you know, I mean, good luck to Victor Oladipo. He seems like a great guy, um, you know, so hope, I mean, he got to a destination where he wanted to go and there was reports right after the trade happened that they were going to automatically start talking about extension for Victor Oladipo. But for sure, A plus for Miami on that trade and F minus minus for the Houston Rockets. <laughs> what do you, so you, so you think that that Oladipo is going to come in and help and help the heat right away? I, I think it's a good option for them to have, as a second or third guy, like, like, like uh, Dan mentioned, they got to keep their core intact, right? They didn't have to give away Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Precious Achua. They didn't have to give any of those guys up in, in a trade for Victor Oladipo. So I, I think if we're going back to last season, Zach, you know, we talked about how Miami made it to the, made their playoff run and they got into the finals. Do you think this team is now better with, with Victor Oladipo, added to that team that made that run into the in the playoffs last year i don't know i think it's i, I think it's interesting i think oladipo clearly his value is not that high but that's only because he i kind of think sees himself as like a as a go-to guy and in that role he's going to be inefficient and not be able to lead your team to winning but if he buys into you know like you said Muna, being just an option as a guy who can come in and get buckets maybe in a lou will type role for the heat maybe coming off the bench 20 25 minutes just go be a scorer or something like that. If he's really bought into embracing a role and you got to give the Miami Heat credit, they're kind of betting on their culture that they can kind of take him in and reestablish that Victor Oladipo can help you win, which in Houston, we didn't see that, yeah. but we have seen that player before in Indiana. So I think if you're the Heat, yeah, if it doesn't pan out, like we said, it's just a rental. They can let them walk this offseason, readdress other concerns on their roster. Um, but for this playoff push, yeah, it gives you a nice option. You know, you can close games now with him, Hero, or him and Duncan Robinson. And if you get, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, as Dan mentioned, a lot of different lineup options for different matchups throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and I would just go back to – I kind of share your sentiments, ZB, in terms of the efficiency or lack thereof of Victor Oladipo. Like, I actually think as much as everyone's hating on this deal – I think the Rockets did the right thing by not trying to do anything in terms of, I mean, yeah, he expressed that he didn't want to re up there anyway, but I think that was yeah. more so of where the state of the, the, the team was, but not his skill set. And like, I actually think he's very overrated. Um, but that being said, like when you, you pair him with, this is easily going to be probably one of his better teams. And anytime you have a dog like Jimmy Butler that can, you know, insert that 
that mentality of like, you're going to establish a role in this winning culture, having Pat Riley there, who's obviously won plenty of championships. I think it might, we might have to see a different, we might see a different Oladipo, not one that may be chucking inefficiently, just pulling up from three when he's not really a good three point shooter or making reckless passes, trying to be an over um, abundance of a facilitating role. So it's going to be interesting to see, man. I don't see if they're talking extension, I don't see him coming off the bench, Uh, but Nonetheless, I think it's still going to be a good landing spot for the Heat, which I think that, you know, if they're going to be try to make a run, a win-now mode, like this is a nice pickup for them as they're going to head into the playoffs. Um, but right now, they're still, I mean, they're still struggling a little bit. They still have a little bit of a road ahead. So yeah. uh, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, then we'll get back to it. Hopefully, you've entered Odds Crowd's March Madness contest for your chance to win $8,000. Odds Crowd has plenty of free contests, including a $500 weekly contest and a $2,000 season long MLB contest. And Odds Crowd isn't just for fantasy betting contests, it's a social app built just for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests with your buddies, and much more. Download the app for free or go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. Helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring, sports-fanatic wise guys giving you the who, how, why behind every prediction on every game, every day, and every sport, all for free. PicksWise presents the Capper Context to follow the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and six other experts all competing for a $10,000 winner-takes-all prize. Follow the action for their picks and analysis every day for the big dance by visiting PicksWise.com slash March-Madness. That's PicksWise.com slash March-Madness. All right, so we're going to switch switch to the next trade. The Nuggets getting Aaron Gordon. Um Another surprise for me, man. I think like his skill set is, I don't know. Maybe we haven't seen the best of Aaron Gordon yet. Maybe I'm still waiting for it. But like, if one thing that the Nuggets didn't need was another six, eight, ten forward wing, and he he adds some versatility in terms of his athleticism. I'm sure he'll pair well with Nikola Nikola Jokic um, and Jamal Murray. Um, but I wonder what this does to the value of like Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, who had been playing very well. You know, Will Barton, Manoff, we know how you feel about that guy. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, putting in another guy like Aaron Gordon, I think this does make this, the Nuggets more of a threat in the West. Now, does this put them over the top to compete with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, et cetera? I don't know if I'm buying that yet, but want get want to get your take, Manoff. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, um, I'll leave most of this for Zach because he's the resident uh, Nuggets fan. But I thought, you know, we talked about that. Denver and Portland were one of the teams that kind of need to make a, a, a move for a piece. And I think I think he will be a good fit for uh, Denver. I think he'll be right into that starting role. And it gives him that kind of that third option behind Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic that they kind of needed, right? Uh, Aaron Gordon is a guy that can, you know, he can shoot the three ball. He can knock down a jump shot. He can get to the basket with the versatility and athleticism that he has. And he's another great rebounder. So, I, and I think he, you know, he can defend too. So uh, Dan, like you mentioned, I'm not sure if they needed another, you know, six, eight, six, ten type of guy, but I think that it's just going to add to the depth uh, that the Denver Nuggets kind of needed in their starting lineup. And and I, I think this is I, – I, I like the move that they made. 
Um, obviously, they had to give up RJ Hampton for it, but I think in the long run, especially in the playoffs, like you mentioned, I think it will help. Um, it'll help the Denver Nuggets for sure. Yeah, I, I echo that. I feel like they kind of had to make this move after losing Jeremy Grant. That was really unexpected for the Nuggets, and yeah. they kind of were relying on Jeremy Grant to be that wing defender to go up against Kawhi and Braun, and that was still right. like the unaddressed hole on this roster. I think with the fit with Aaron Gordon, it's kind of now a little bit of a weird starting lineup if you slide Will Barton to the two, and then you have, I guess, Gordon and MPJ now at the 3-4, bring Millsap and Green off the bench, and they just acquired JaVale McGee. So I guess one of McGee, Green, and Millsap is probably going to be out of the rotation here. That's kind of an interesting decision by Denver. Um, but I look at with Aaron Gordon, I think this could be a good time for him to shine. I think he's he might be at his best as like a really you know a support role player on a better team. You look at his catch-and-shoot numbers, 44% this year on catch-and-shoot threes. I think that's kind of an underrated part of his game, and that's only making up 20% of his shot profile this year. You look at Jeremy Grant, 40% of his shots last year were catch-and-shoot threes um, in, in that Denver offense. So I think you look at Aaron Gordon, a guy who could be really efficient on offense, cuts, you know, catching lobs from Jokic, and then just being a, a catch-and-shoot guy. Again, very similar to Oladipo. If he buys into being that 3 and D kind of toughness guy, I think it's a great pickup. If he comes in thinking that he's, you know, all of a sudden a star on this team or whatever and trying to score, I think that maybe makes this addition not as enticing for Denver. But um, I think it definitely is an upgrade. I mean, I saw the market kind of pushing them up in the Western Conference and the championship odds. I wonder what you guys think of that. I mean, I personally don't see it putting them over the top in any type of series against – the Lakers or the Clippers kind of maybe against the Suns or the Jazz, but um, I don't still really see the case of them going that far in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Like I don't, it's a tough, it's a tough road ahead, but I do, I do share your sentiment in terms of they needed to, to replace that defensive uh, that the defensive skill set that Jeremy Grant previously held. And, you know, I think he played a pivotal role with them in the bubble last year. So it can't be understated how, how important that is. And we know Michael Porter Jr. struggles in that department. Is that going to yeah. push them over the top to beat someone like Phoenix? I, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's really it's, it's going to be an interesting test to understand really what Aaron Gordon's skill set is and how he fits in as a role player because I think he was asked to do a lot in Orlando, especially with so many injuries amongst his teammates over the years. And he's never really been the alpha. And I think if he's hidden behind a couple other players that can demand more, uh, more opportunity in the offense, he possibly could thrive in that role as like the fourth guy that you're not expecting him to also go off um, when he can pick his spots in different matchups. So the one thing I will say, it's going to be an advantage for the Nuggets in terms of length. They're going to be extremely yeah. difficult um, once you set out a, a lineup where you got three guys that are over six ten, that are six ten and up. Like how are, how are you even? That's going to be very disruptive. So I do like it in that regard, and certainly helps Jamal Murray. Um, he's also like a tall point guard, but I think that just gives them more um, opportunity in, in terms of locking down the Western Conference uh, um, offensive teams that are you know like the Phoenix Suns that are very efficient. I also want to see what it does to their pace uh, in the Nuggets. I expect them to kind of be running that floor a little bit more when they have these more athletic um, forwards like an Aaron Gordon inserted into the lineup. Definitely more so than like a Paul Millsap who's kind of past his, his heyday. 
Yeah. I, I think last thing, I think it's really going to help him um, on the rebounding uh, side of the ball. Um, I mean, you know, we know Jokic that can go out and get 10 plus rebounds every single night. You know, Paul Millsap's a pretty good rebounder. You have Jamal Murray, who's a, you know, like you mentioned, a taller guard that can also rebound. And then, you know, you add Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter to that fold. So I think uh, this is really going to help them, you know, number one on pace and then also rebounding the basketball, which, you know, which you kind of need to win games and also in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I'm interested to see how this kind of fits in. I mean, it might take a little while for Aaron Gordon to kind of fit into the offense and what Denver does there. But uh, I think this was a move that, you know, Denver for sure needed to make. Totally agree. And so we'll go to the next one. uh, Nolan Powell, Norman Powell going to the Portland Trailblazers. Bit of a surprise for me, but I like what they did, you know, uh, addition by subtraction, get rid of two um, inefficient, and I would say in, in Rodney Hood's case, uh, injury-prone players and, and get yourself a, a guy that can really play 3 and D. And uh, I like where he, he landed here. Um, we saw Portland go toe-to-toe with the Heat tonight. Um, I think that this is, this is going to be a good fit for him. There's word on the street that Yusuf Nurkic is going to be returning to the lineup as soon as Friday. So yeah. we're going to see a, a retooled Blazers squad. So I'm, I'm actually very excited to see how, how Powell fits into that system but I think that this is only a benefit for the Portland Trailblazers. ZB, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting trade. I, I like both players. I, I like Gary Trent, too. I think he could be a, another solid 3 and D piece, but I think Powell gives you, obviously, a little bit more punch, and he can also be responsible for running the offense on the second unit a little bit more, which is a, a place they've struggled. But, yeah, with Portland, I mean, that game against Miami tonight, this is obviously Thursday night. That was a great game. They came out with the win, and his canter playing really, really well for them sneakily right now. He's been a monster on uh, points and rebounds here. Um, And, yeah, I think getting Norm Powell a little bit more of a surefire option for them, I think it's interesting. I think both these players are headed towards free agency this offseason, if I'm correct. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so that is kind of an interesting element to this. Um, But in terms of this season, obviously, I mean – we haven't brought it up yet, but the Raptors is just super interesting. You bring in Gary Trent. They don't send out Kyle Lowry. Um, and they're, I mean, I think it was an expectation that they would make, make moves to kind of for the future, but they're still, you know, only one and a half games out of the play in game. And then, you know, only three and a half games out of the actual playoffs as of now. So, you know, still an opportunity for the Raptors to bring Gary Trent in. You know, you still have Kyle Lowry now and go make a push. So definitely an interesting trade here. I, I don't know. It's it, it'll, it'll be determined who wins this trade with, you know, which one of these guys plays a bigger role down the playoff push and if the Raptors even do make it. Yeah, on our last pod, you know, I was talking to Dan about, you know, Blazers needed to make a move to kind of bring in a guy that can kind of lead your, your second unit when Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum go to the bench, especially when, you know, when Damian Lillard goes to the bench, because the offense, you know, kind of sputters, like I said to Dan, when Lillard goes to the bench, was that they kind of needed to bring in a guy that can run point and then run, you know, guy that can shoot the ball, that can, you know, create his own shot and get to the basket. And I think Norman Powell is that guy for them. And I think if you take a look at their roster overall, they're finally healthy now. They're getting Nurkic back tomorrow. So, you know, obviously he'll, he'll, he'll start, he'll be in that starting lineup and you bring Cantor behind him in that second unit. And then you look at your defenders, you know, Robert Covington, Derek Jones, Jr. So the, the, the three levels that we kind of talk about in basketball, when you have your shooters, your superstars, and then your interior, um, interior players, 
this is a team that, you know, hopefully they can, you know, kind of get it together here and, you know, starting tomorrow and hopefully they're able to stay healthy. So this is going to be a team to look out for here um, going rest of the way into the playoff uh, playoff stretch. So, um, you know, CJ McCollum had a great game tonight. Um, and I'll be interested to see how Norman Powell kind of fits into this offense, whether they, you know, start him or bring him off the bench. So uh, exciting times for Blazers for sure. Yeah, I feel like a fascinating element of this too that that has to be brought up is that if the Lakers now with reporting that LeBron James is going to be out for four to six weeks from this injury, there's going to be a lot of shuffling around the Western Conference because now the Nuggets and the Blazers both want to avoid the Lakers in that four or five matchup in the first round or even you know any other type of matchup. So I think you're definitely going to see some jockeying to you know, make up for what could be a wild rodeo of seating here. If the Lakers continue to fall, um, you know, the Mavs continue to rise up. So, you know, you're going to have a lot of people trying to get, not play LeBron and AD in the first round. Yeah. Three, three, three through eight in the Western conference right now is, is very tight, very volatile. So, you know, there's going to be some teams that are going to be leapfrogging, gaining some steam in, into moving up in the standings here. So you're right. Um, I think it's a great point. You brought up ZB uh, mainly because, uh, we didn't even mention, and this is my bad, that uh, Kyle Lowry is staying in Toronto. And now it kind of makes sense as to why, you know, uh, by getting Gary Trent Jr. Rodney Hood in return for Norman Powell, like they're still, they definitely still have a shot at making the playoffs. And, you know, I think that, you know, as much as it was advertised that Kyle Lowry was, you know, on his way out, clearly he's going to, he wants, maybe he wants to retire as a Toronto Raptor. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and they still have at least enough pieces to be competitive. I think they were really hit hard by COVID this year. And, you know, obviously they've been playing in Tampa all season. So, like, it's it's not like you they've actually been that bad. Like, yeah, the, the record may not show for it, but they've also gone through a lot of um, a lot of trials and tribulations throughout the season. So I think that by, by keeping Lowry there, at least you still kind of have a shot with Pascal Siakam, OG Ananubi, uh, Fred Van Vliet, obviously, and now you pick up these two pieces. I think Gary Trent Jr., I mean, we saw what he did in, in C.J. McCollum's absence. Like, this guy is a bucket. Um, yeah. So, I think it definitely could add to their – to their. it could be addition by subtraction on both sides, right? So, I think it works. It could work out for both, but we'll see. I think so, that the Raptors certainly have some, some more work to do, whereas the Blazers are kind of sitting in a nice spot right now, trying to avoid that Laker – that Laker – potential Laker matchup like everybody else. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Raptors are going to kind of get a big man here in the buyout market um, because we talked about, you know, a lot of times that's what they're kind of lacking is that they kind of need that interior rim protection for a guy to, you know, protect the rim, obviously, and then get rebounds for them. So, you know, if Andre Drummond, you know, he's going to be the buyout market. We've heard about LaMarcus Aldridge, that's who's going to, you know, Miami Heat are the front runner for him. But, um, you know, if some of these other big guys are kind of bought out, it'll be interesting to see if Raptors kind of pick up one of these guys in the in the buyout market. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting how the buyout market, I feel like in the last few years, has just taken on so much more importance. It's like mm-hmm. the buyout market is basically a new addition to the trade deadline, right, where teams right. are too smart to pay for these, you know, veteran veteran players on big deals. And there's an expectation that they're, they're just going to get bought out anyway. So it's kind of like this challenge, like, you know, no one had to fork up anything for LaMarcus Aldridge or, you know, Andre Drummond, because they're just going to get bought out. Um, so it definitely adds a new layer because these guys are going to be factoring into the playoff picture most likely. And they're acquired for no, uh, you're going to fork up any assets for it. 
Yeah, and then th- those are like teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Brooklyn Nets. They know that they don't have to, you know, force a trade because when the buyout market comes, to some of these big guys or veterans, they they know that those are the teams that are have the best chance of winning a title. So, you know, the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, those two teams and the Clippers, they can kind of sit back and wait for this buyout market to kind of develop. And, you know, the ring chasers, veterans, you know, they can, they're, they're going to be able to sign them without them having to make a trade before the trade deadline. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, the buyout market's going to be very, very interesting to watch. I'm, I'm just curious of the ones that are like, you know, the auto porters, there's certainly going to be a lot of suitors for LaMarcus Aldridge, potentially Andre Drummond. Manaf, we were, we were talking about this yesterday, uh, but I think that Drummond is really the Lakers to lose yeah. at this point. But I wouldn't be shocked if somehow he ended up in Brooklyn either. I would be very pissed off if that happened. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> this is the super team era. Yeah. Um, so, Dan, yeah, so what the- did you think of the uh- – what, what did you think of the Sixers uh, not making a Kyle Lowry move and then going with George Hill instead? I actually think it was the cost-savvy mood, of mainly because you know Lowry was definitely asking for a two-year extension. That would have cost them probably 25 mil per season. While I think he would have been a nice upgrade, um, I'm actually okay with George Hill. I think he's a solid veteran. He plays defense, very long wingspan, so he's always a disruptive defender. I would like to see them get another piece, you know, maybe like an auto porter or somebody else uh, to solidify that, that second unit, because I think that that's really their weakness. But I mean, they're the top seed in the Eastern conference for a reason. And they're doing it without uh, Joel Embiid post all-star break. So I think that they're actually in a pretty good position. It's a matter of just how they're going to bolster that second unit. And George Hill was a good start to that. And to be honest, I was talking to a homie today. I actually wouldn't mind them moving George Hill into the starting lineup and moving Seth Curry to the bench because I think that they just need someone that can get a bucket. And I'd rather have George Hill play his facilitator role, smart IQ, doesn't turn over the ball a lot, um, and just knows all the right basketball decisions and plays. I think he fits great, great into, you know, Doc Rivers and Sam Cassell's system. Um, very quick learner. So I, I don't think there's going to be any trouble integrating. I think the name of Kyle Lowry and coming back home definitely struck a, struck a chord with me. I definitely yeah. wanted to see it, but... In the end, I think we're making the right moves, assuming that they make one more acquisition at the at the buyout market. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I think as uh, we talked about yesterday, Dan, was, you know, kind of want to see Ben Simmons playing off the ball. And now if they get George Hill into that starting lineup and move Seth Curry into the to the bench, you know, that's going to be interesting to see here also. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the Lowry thing. I think it was, a you know, did they want to give up a Tyrese Maxey or did they want that to, too. Mm-hmm. you know, gave up some of their young talent. So, you know, um, it'll be interesting. I'll see what the Sixers and see what happens. Yep. All right. And then the uh, final, the final trade, I guess that we're going to mention is Evan Fournier going to Boston. And we were talking about this yesterday on the, on the pod, but I, I kind of thought that the Boston Celtics were going to be in on a big man. They wind up trading Daniel Tice to the Chicago Bulls. So now they're left with like even less talent. I'm just kind of confused by that. I don't really understand why they, they got Evan Fournier when they have such a solid backcourt already uh, with Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown. Uh, who else am I thinking? Marcus Smart. So, yeah, before I get the thoughts of, of Manoff and ZB on, on Evan Fournier, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get back into the Boston Celtics and their decision to acquire another guard. 
better than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGENs only care about, sports betting. We're giving out free daily video picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They got a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out. Make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. Better Edge allows you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. Since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there's no house. Legal in more than 40 states. Post the plays you like and have someone at the Better Edge Marketplace take the other side. They have a ton of other fun against the spread picking contests as well. Sign up today at BetterEdge.com and use promo code SGP for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Edge.com, promo code SGP. All right, so yeah, I was kind of ranting there a bit on my... Uh, confusion as to why the Boston Celtics targeted a guard. Obviously, Evan Fournier is a really good player. Eh, really good. That might be a bold stretch, but he's solid, right? Um, <laughs> Want to get your guys' take on what does that really do for the Boston Celtics in terms of moving the needle in their quest for, I mean, to win the Eastern Conference. To me, I don't, this isn't, this isn't enough to me to beat the Nets. This isn't enough to beat the Sixers. I don't think they're beating the, they're even going to beat the Heat with this kind of an acquisition, man, they may put up a couple more buckets, but Evan Fournier isn't known for his defensive prowess. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. Yeah. I mean, we talked about yesterday, Dan, is that they needed to make a move for like a front court guy. We talked about John Collins and possibly, you know, they were going to move um, Tristan Thompson, but, and then you traded away Daniel Tice, but you got a Mo, a Mo a Wagner in Mo return. Wagner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, is that going to really move the needle for you to, you know, compete in the Eastern Conference? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Danny Ainge and how this guy still has a job. I mean, you know, with, with we mentioned, <laughs> he's had multiple opportunities to land superstar talent. Uh, we know we've talked about this so many times. He has the young talent on the team. He has a draft capital but I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know if they're kind of hoping that, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen, Jalen Brown kind of put them over the top, but I mean, it's going to be an interesting off season for them, but I mean, yeah, I think Celtics were one of the losers um, here at the, uh, for this trade deadline, at least. Yeah. I mean, the cost is obviously pretty low. So only to send out two second round picks to get Fournier. I still don't think, you know, like you guys said, I, I'm not very high in the Celtics team, you know, 21 and 23 now doesn't seem like they're going to be pushing up to have home court in the first round. So, you know, I, I, I definitely expect this team to go home in the first round. It just seems like a step backwards for they'd made, I think the conference finals three to last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now with this young core, yeah, adding Evan Fournier, I mean, he seems kind of like a one year rental most likely, and then he's out of there. So they still have questions to answer in the long term. You know, does Evan Fournier even close games for them over Marcus Smart and Kemba? You know, or do they try to go small, move Tatum to the four? It's kind of interesting. A lot of lineup questions and still no clarity in the front court. Like you said, Munaf still don't know who's closing games for them as a big. Yeah. Yeah, I I was just reading this, this quote from the esteemed Kendrick Perkins. His quote to Danny Ainge is, Danny's out here trading used cars and getting back Escalades. He finessed <laughs> the Orlando Scalabrini. And like, did he though? <laughs> like, you finesse, is that a finesse level? Like, in an Escalade? Come on. I mean, yeah. He's averaging 19.7 points, shooting almost 40, 39% from the three-point three range. Excuse me. But 
I think the bigger question is we're coming back to the fact that you added Mo Wagner and Luke Cornette, who like they did not, that's, this isn't an upgrade that's going to do anything. And, and to your point, ZB, it's a rental. He's an unrestricted free agent. I don't think Danny, Danny Ainge is like lobbying to give this guy, you know, a, a $20 million deal, which he, what he openly could command on the, uh, the market. So I don't know this, this one kind of is a head scratcher for me. Maybe I'm just being biased as a fellow Atlantic division hater as a Sixer fan, but they, they, they messed up. They, they could have done better. If, if I were them, I would have been trained up for Vooch or something like that. Like this, this didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, also they were, they were right there for Aaron Gordon. Apparently I would have much rather, you know, sacked up and gave a little bit more for Aaron Gordon, get another big yep. wing. You can play at the front court. We, you know, with Fournier again, I, I keep going back to, it's not like they gave up anything crazy, but right. it also seems kind of like just another year of Boston kind of kicking the can down the road. It's like, okay, next year we'll finally make our big push. And next year we'll finally make our big push. And then they, they actually did get Kyrie. That didn't work out. Now they're kind of back to that same playbook of just taking the mini step. That's not enough, but also, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I don't think they're that good this year, which is just kind of weird. I, I keep going back to, they were favored over the heat in the Eastern conference finals last year. And yeah. it just looks so different now. It, it The trade. I mean, you know, when I saw it, it's like it, it, he wasn't a player that this team needed. Right. I mean, you have enough guard depth with, you know, Kemba and, and Jalen and, and Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench. And then I know they had to send out Jeff Teague in, in the uh, trade also, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on down there in Boston and it doesn't even move the needle for them. I mean, it might even set them back a little bit, but I don't see them competing this year for, you know, I don't know. I won't be surprised if they don't even make the playoffs here this year because some of these other teams are a little more hungry. And I think if they do, they, like you said, Zach, they'll probably be gone in the first or second round at, at the latest. Yeah. I'll summarize that by just saying it's a redundant move. I don't. Yeah. You just, you didn't do anything but add another guard into a crowded backcourt. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to switch, switch gears just a bit. Um, let's talk about some futures here. Um, I'm looking at the bulls market right now. And I, I do see that they are plus odds to make the playoffs here. Um, at plus one eighty, I see that at DraftKings. Okay. And that's actually, that, that looks kind of attractive to me. Like plus one eighty. The, the fact that it's plus odds after they made these moves to get Vooch, Daniel Tice. I think that that's a, that's a nice, that's some nice value there. But want to get your guys' take if whether you feel like the Bulls definitely have a shot to make the playoffs and whether they actually will. I, I think, um, you know, I was very surprised to see this move, first of all. And I think this was a big win for uh, the Chicago Bulls, not only for this season, but for the future also. I mean, if, you, if you're having two guys like Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic to kind of build for your future. I think that's a really good start for the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, uh, Dan, like you mentioned, for them to make the playoffs this year, I was looking on, you know, a couple books, but I wasn't able to find that. But now that you mentioned it's on DraftKings, I, I think that's some that's solid value there. Plus, I mean, it's short odds at plus 180, but I still kind of like that for them to make the playoffs. I think they significantly upgraded their roster with uh, Nikola Vucevic here. So, um I, I think yeah, number one, it's it's a great you know move for them for this short term here, but also for the long term. Like I mentioned, is having to build around a Zach Levine. I think this guy will be really excited to have a guy like Nikola Vucevic 
to kind of play that pick and roll game with. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to find that plus 180 and and, and get down on Chicago Bulls to make the playoffs here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think they made, they made a nice move here. Another team that could have gone kind of either direction with the blow it up a little bit. They were they were obviously rumored to be trading maybe Lowry for Lonzo, and yeah. then you kind of make the surprise move, like you said, Munaf getting Vooch. But now Zach Levine and Vooch, you know that right there is a good offense, probably on its own. Them just running mm-hmm. pick and roll basically every time. You have Lowry to kind of space that out as well now. So they're going to be really good offensively. Obviously, the question for them is on defense. Yeah, but you know they're in the play in game now, and and you know, as we've been saying, there's there, you know, they're only three games out of the four seed in the East. So all it would take is this offense kind of clicking for a little bit and they could be right in the playoff picture. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that uh, this is the first time Zach Levine's going to be able to play with an all-star, a true all-star in a scenario where they actually have a shot to uh, make some, make something happen. And uh, I think the bulls by able, by being able to retain their core as well, um, I think if we can actually see a healthy Laurie Markkinen heading into the playoffs, he's been playing extremely well since coming back from injury, averaging close to 18 points a game. I think um, they also, um, sorry, uh, Zan was, um, they also, you know, in the trade with Vucevic, they att- uh, attached uh, Ofru Aminu. You know, that's another guy that's a good defender and the guy that can knock down a shot, three-point shot for you also. So, you know, I, I think the acquisition of him, you know, really helps you on the defensive side, like Zach was saying, is that, the question is going to be for this Bulls team is are they going to start playing defense now? Because that's where a part uh, of the team where they really struggle. They have everything on offense now, but um, you know, the question is going to be on the defensive side of the basketball for them. Yeah, you're right. That was a sneaky pickup, um, yeah. especially because you lose Otto Porter who mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season was actually playing really well, but you know, it's really been Thaddeus young. That's been stepping up for them uh, playing that veteran intangible um, point forward type of role. Uh, while Laurie Markkinen was out. So I think if you add in an Alfa Rucamino who's proven defensively as you add some length and can also shoot as well. Yeah, that was a really good acquisition. Um, that will probably go under the radar. And then you add the Daniel Tyson there, who's you know yeah. probably a great, uh, not great, but a, definitely a solid big off the bench. And it was clear that Wendell Carter wasn't going to work out there. So, you know, they, they did a good job at the deadline. Probably the best next to the Heat, I would say. Um, to to better their team and have their chances increase at a chance to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and Tyson's a guy that can you know kind of step out and knock down a shot for you here and there, and also. So I think that was another good uh, veteran pickup for them, also. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wish they traded Lowry now at this point too, because like you said, Dan Thaddeus Young's been so good for them, and I think a Thaddeus Young Nikola Vucevic front court kind of makes a lot of sense because right. of Vucevic's ability to shoot, they can kind of complement one another. And now, you know, you still have Lowry on this team and you bring in Tice, who I would want, I would try to get some minutes for Tice too. So, you know, Lowry's a guy, are they really going to re-sign him this summer? He could have probably commanded some value if they traded him um, and it probably would not have hurt their team too much for the playoff push they want to make this year. Yeah, 100%. So are you guys seeing any other team futures that are intriguing post-trade uh, post deadline? I'm still kind of looking around here to see if there's any. Let's see. Yeah, for some reason, they took down a, a ton of them. I'm still seeing plus odds for the Hornets. Um, mm-hmm. Very short, plus 116 on FanDuel, plus 125 on DraftKings. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised it's even that high, considering that uh, LaMelo, LaMelo Ball is going to be 
well, he's not out for the season apparently, but he's definitely going to be missing at least the next four weeks. Um, I think yeah. I was really surprised to see. I'm sorry, uh, Dan. I was yeah, really surprised to see that you know Lonzo did not get traded. You know, I think at the right at the last minute of the deadline, you know, Wooj treat, uh, tweeted that you know they were going to hang on to him. So, um, uh, you know, we heard that Chicago was trying to get in on him, and the Clippers were trying to get in on him. But um, I guess the deal wasn't really reached, and the only significant or trade that the Pelicans made was you know the JJ Redick trade to Dallas. Right. Yeah, and I see that um Pelicans right now are actually plus two eighty to make the playoffs, which is interesting. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, like with it, I guess it by maintaining Lonzo, I mean JJ Wright kind of fell out of favor there anyway. I think that they were trying to look for ways to get Nikhil Alexander Walker more time. Yeah. Uh, I think he was going to be obviously the biggest beneficiary if if Lonzo Ball actually ended up being traded, but now it seems like Kyra Lewis is going to be probably the guy that's going to be the odd man out. Maybe they still get him a little bit of minutes, but you know, currently at 19 and 24, you know, they're about five games out on the, on the warriors for that 10th spot in the playing game. It's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard uh, challenge for the, the Pelicans to, uh, I think cross that road and, and get into that playing game. But, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. Maybe if Alonzo ball, I know he's been missing the last few games with a hip injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of surprised that he wasn't moved at the deadline, to be honest. Uh, I know that the Knicks were also uh, rumored to also be interested in his services, but I think with the Knicks, the Knicks decision to do nothing to me indicates mm-hmm. that they're going to be big spenders this off season. And sure. um, I think that that was the general theme uh, that mm-hmm. I, that I was pretty much surmising at the end of this was, you know, leading up to it, there was a lot of rumors that have a lot of people changing uh, uniforms, but ultimately people are going to want to spend this summer and uh, weren't willing to to risk their cap space in a lot of ways to win now. So it's going to be a fun offseason. Yeah, I think New York is in a prime position to, you know, make a run for some free agents. Um, you know, I, I think you got to give a lot of, I know, uh, credit to Tom Thibodeau for really turning that, you know, organization around. And, you know, like we've mentioned with you, Dan and, and Zach, that, you know, the guys are kind of buying in to what Thibodeau is trying to do there. And they're playing defense. And, you know, I think they're kind of a – offensive piece or two away from, you know, really, you know, contending in that Eastern conference. Yeah. And I think with regard to this season too, I think kind of how you describe that deadline, Dan kind of sets up perfectly for the teams that already kind of did their work. Like I think yeah. the nets adding James Harden early in this season, the bucks, you know, they went out and got drew holiday, PJ Tucker, um, and kind of established themselves in that championship tier. I think along with maybe the Sixers and the Clippers and the Lakers and all those teams got it got to be smiling that a Bradley Beal didn't get moved or, you know, I guess Vucevic, but he went to a non-contending team. So, yeah. you know, the landscape was not really altered in a major way. Kyle Lowry yeah. was somebody, if he went to Miami or, or maybe the Lakers too were rumored for him that really could have shifted things. But I think if you're LeBron and AD, you're sitting there injured at home, you got to feel pretty good that nobody really loaded up against you. Same thing with KD and the Nets. Um you know, I, I still think those that, that same group of teams that really made up a lot of the probability of winning the title, very, very similar coming out of this deadline. So, um, you know, a lot of the teams we talked about tonight, right, the Magic, the Bulls, you know, the Raptors are not factored into that. So I think in terms of looking at the futures market, yeah, I think, you know, kind of whoever you thought was going to win it coming into this deadline, you probably think this, that coming out of it too. Yeah, I don't think there were significant moves – 
like enough significant moves for you know the betting markets as far as futures to you know really make a big leap i mean like you mentioned if if kyle lowry would have ended up on the lakers or or like a team like the sixers then you know we would have seen some movement but um i think i think you'll be able to find some value like dan was saying like with chicago to make the playoffs at plus 180 those are the type of teams that you kind of want to look out for. And those are the type of, you know, betting, you know, prop bets on, you know, who makes the playoffs and who misses a playoffs. I think that those are the type of markets that you kind of want to focus on right now after this trade deadline. Yeah. And just to kind of crystallize this and, and the lack of interest in trading some of the players, I was just reading up on a, a story that came up on the athletic and you guys touched on it. Like, I think it would have been earth, not earth shattering, but it definitely would have been a significant impact to the league had Kyle Lowry decided to go to Miami or the Lakers. And apparently the Lakers had a deal that had Dennis, that included Dennis Schroeder, Catavis Caldwell Pope, some draft compensation. But this, the, the point of no return was Taylor Horton Tucker. And to me, and for the Sixers on there, I remember when the Sixers, their offer, they weren't willing to give up Matisse Thibel. I don't know what that that uh, point of no return was for the the Heat, but ultimately there was one price that they no one was willing to pay. It's just shocking to me that it was those players that were the the movers that that, that prevented that earth shattering news from actually coming to fruition for for the league. But uh, I mean, Taylor Horner Tucker has been, been really good this season for the Lakers yeah. as well as Matisse Thibel has been playing really well as of late for the Sixers. And I think he's going to be pivotal in their run, especially if they're going to need people to defend against the net. I mean, there's not many people that can stop three of the best scorers on the planet. So you're going to need all the help you can get. So I understand why they didn't do it, but it's just a, I mean, it, it could have been had for three teams, which is just very interesting to me that they didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I think the question there was is that, you know, we read the same report that they didn't want to, you know, part with uh, with Tucker there, but who kind of helps you more in, in making a run for another championship for the Lakers? Is it Tucker or is it going to be Kyle Lowry? So, um, you know, obviously we're not <laughs> equipped to be in those front offices and those yeah, right. negotiations, <laughs> but, you know, from hindsight, from, you know, kind of zooming out and looking at it is that, you know, I think that was the main question is that, you know, would you rather have Tucker and is his, is he going to be the guy next to LeBron James, you know, making that run or would you rather have Kyle Lowry running your point guard position, you know, who has championship experience and is a guy that can also knock down shots and run your offense and then get his own shot also. So, I mean, we don't know what go behind the, these, you know, negotiations, but I, I think, you know, for the Lakers and, and the Sixers and the Nets, I think they'll be really active in the buyout market. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it shows that the Rock, the Raptors were clearly trying to create a market using those Shams reports. Like, they were ca- kind of trying to pit the Heat and Lakers against each other and yeah. see who would flinch, and Pat Riley was definitely not going to be one to do it. Yeah. And that poker same face, thing with the wasn't moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same thing with the Rockets. The Rockets were trying to get Woj to tell people they were getting a first-round pick and a young player for Oladipo, and they got Kelly <laughs> Olynyk. So, you know, Woj and Shams were working double time as uh, public relations and marketing and, you know, dropping news for some of these teams and players this week. The, uh, <laughs> the Riley was holding holding a 7-2 offsuit thinking – the Rockets thinking he was holding a a, a, a pair of aces, so <laughs> that's exactly what happened with the Rockets. <laughs> Definitely playing some Jedi mind tricks there, yeah. for sure. 
All right. Well, that uh, that about concludes our trade deadline um, analysis. Check back in with us tomorrow where Ryan McKee will go in through the locker room. We'll be running through our bets for the day. Uh, definitely check in for the Money Machines player props as well as ZB and I. And we'll check you guys next week where we'll be bringing up uh, the latest rundown of all the NBA slates going into next week. Peace. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go.